and we are live. Good morning, afternoon or evening Bitcoiners from around the world. I am Brian, the UK Bitcoin Master. This is the Bullish Bitcoin channel. This is a channel where you will never get any negativity around Bitcoin. There may be stuff goes on day to day that is not good. Maybe the price drops, but in terms of bullishness, you won't find anybody else more bullish than I am, I don't think. Today is the 12th of September 2022. And as you can see from behind me, I am on location. We are having a vacation. Um, well, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, somewhere in the southwest of the United Kingdom. I'll just say a part of the world called Cornwall. Um, that's a massive place. So there you go. Um, if anybody's thinking of nipping to my home to nick my Bitcoin, it's 100 miles away from there. So don't bother. Just thought I'd get that out of the way. Thank you for being here, people. If you are new to the channel, please read the disclaimer below. It is very important that you do that. And finally, check out ukbitcoinmaster.com. You're going to find close to 500 Bitcoin videos there. Every single one of them is bullish. If you go to bitcoininterviews.com, you're going to find all the interviews that I've done as well. And there's some corkers over there. So I encourage you to check them out. Very, very quickly, let's see who we've got in the chat before we move on. We've got the regulars, Yorkie Bitcoiner, Dave Shackelford coming in from Phoenix, John Gravitz with us. Um, I can see my lovely wife who's in the other room uh, tuned in. Chaz Old, welcome to you. Uh, proud Zionist Jew is in the house. Uh, Matty3623, welcome to you. JC Borter has just joined us. Uh, Johnny Midas, welcome everyone. It is great to have you here. Thanks for the support as always. If you want to shout out, if you want to get my attention, simply type in UK Bitcoin Master, then your message, and I will gladly give you a shout out. If we have a quick look at the Bitcoin price and what is going on, you'll see that we're a hundred, nearly two hundred dollars above twenty-two k. So that's looking pretty good. But don't get excited, is my um, advice, because right now this thing is up, it is down, it is going with the macro markets. Nobody, no matter what they tell you, has got a magic wand and can tell you where it's actually going. So don't listen to it. What I'm interested in is right now, as you can see, you're going to get 4,511 sats if you've got a dollar kicking around. So don't let anybody tell you that they cannot buy Bitcoin, because if you're not explaining Satoshi's to them fractions of a Bitcoin, then you are doing this thing all wrong. I found this. I thought we'd have a bit of fun to start the show. This was out there on Twitter, and it says, if you can't see the number, you uh, have a cold, have a headache, need sleep, need water, have low blood sugar. You can't see the number, so you don't have enough Bitcoin. So therefore, don't ever think you've uh, got enough Bitcoin because uh, none of us have. Very, very quickly, I also... Oh, hang on. Something has just moved on my camera. Sorry about that. Right. I was trying to move one of the tabs and it moved my camera. Okay. 
Try to understand this if you're new to Bitcoin, if you're new to all of this. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention, I'm doing all of this off of my data on my phone. So whether this thing holds up or whether it doesn't remains to be seen. But I've got lots of stuff going on. Elaine's running off it in the other room as well. So fingers crossed it doesn't keel over. Here you go. You don't need to have to buy one whole Bitcoin. One Satoshi. There it is. That's what it reads like with the decimal points. 10 Satoshis. Look at the yellow one. It is moving closer to the left, where ultimately 100 million sats will give you one whole Bitcoin. Now, I know that's a bit basic, but you've got to keep in mind, you regulars, that noobs will find this show and maybe they don't know anything about Bitcoin, what it is. Somebody's given them a link to the show or they've just Googled it and come across it. So I like to cover these sorts of things briefly, as do I like to tell people they should be following Bitcoin Racing, a racing team here in the UK. They're doing all they can to get the, the message of Bitcoin out. I've become one of their Satoshi Club members, which, as you can see, with these arrows gets my YouTube uh, logo put on their car. So that helps me. I help them. It helps Bitcoin overall. Again, if you're in the UK, if you're in Europe, I would encourage you to get yourself a ticket for the Bitcoin conference coming up in October the 21st and 22nd. Why? Look at these names that ordinarily have only been seen in Miami or in the US. Um, James Lavish has been on my show. Natalie Brunel, Jeff Booth has, Larry Lepard has. Um, who else have I got? Danny Scott from uh, Coin Corner has been on. There's some other great speakers. Margot there, Peter McCormack. Why wouldn't you want to come along to the Bitcoin conference um, in uh, Edinburgh? Check them out on Twitter, uh, Bitcoin Conference. Check Bitcoin Racing out on Twitter and follow them. That would be uh, my sound advice. Now, uh, as I mentioned on Thursday, I've recently just partnered with something called Bitcoin Pioneers. And I love it. I don't love the platform, the, the exchange that Bitcoin Pioneers use because it's got loads of crap coins on it and noobs could end up get, get being taken down the crap coin route. But if I want to use Bitcoin Pioneers to help get the adoption of Bitcoin out there, then I had to register with uh, the platform called Luno. And I love this because if you can see here, I don't know whether you can, my cursor's not on show. By becoming a Bitcoin Pioneer, I can give away... £500 worth of Bitcoin each month in £10 increments to anybody that registers with Luno and then puts in uh, the code uh, that's gone. Hang on. Here it is. B-P-U-K-B-M. So anyone can register with Luno, then put that code in. They'll get £10, dollars, I believe, euros of Bitcoin, um, literally totally free. And then if you want, delete the app, move it off and delete the app. But I'm quite excited by this because it means that if I uh, recommend 
550 people a month to go and get a 10 quid of a Bitcoin. By doing that, I help the adoption. And then Luno will actually uh, reward me every time somebody claims their £10, I'll get £10 too, which is really neat because it allows me as a Bitcoiner to get £500 worth of Bitcoin each month just for proactively helping people get to understand what Bitcoin is. So maybe you want to check it out if you're in the UK, Bitcoin Pioneers. Uh, you've seen the code BP for Bitcoin Pioneers, UKBM, UK Bitcoin uh, Master. And finally, if you want to drop me a tip, there you go. There's a few SATS addresses. There's also a buy me a cup of coffee uh, QR code there as well. That said, let's get back over here and we're going to get on with the topic of the show. OK, now I've got some notes here. Where have they gone? Because I don't have my big monitor at home. So um, yeah, there you go. Uh, right. So we're going to run a video. Okay. And there's three parts. And this video I found on um, Swan Bitcoin's hard money. Natalie um, Brunel was interviewing Alex Epstein. He's the author of a book called Fossil Future. And, you know, we've got all these narratives about fossil fuels and renewables and everything else. And I thought what I'd do is bring a, a clip of that to the show so that you can get an idea of the, the narratives that are being spun around ESG, climate change and the like. So in the first segment, Alex talks about the death rate from climate related disasters being nowhere near uh, reported correctly and is actually declining massively and not growing. He talks about uh, not all our impact on climate is bad, like the picture they're actually painting. And he breaks down fossil fuels to an understandable way uh, for all. So let me run this first clip from Alex. You draw your own conclusions. Can you summarize for people why they're maybe not getting the full picture on energy and climate? Yeah, that was a great summary by you. But one, one thing I'd highlight that really tends to make it clear to people is if you look at the actual death rate from climate related disasters, which you're led to believe is something that's increasing massively, it's actually declining massively. So we've had a 98% decrease in the rate of climate related disaster death in the last 100 years as fossil fuel use has gone up, as CO2 emissions have gone up. And the basic dynamic that's going on is, yes, we do impact climate, but A, all of that impact is not necessarily bad, but B, the thing that really matters is our ability to master climate. So what's gone, what's happened is our ability to master climate has far outpaced any negative changes we've made. And our ability to master climate is entirely dependent on fossil fuels because fossil fuels allow us to heat on demand, to cool on demand, to irrigate on demand, to transport crops on demand, to have you know weather warning satellites, all of these different kinds of things. So it's actually fossil fuels didn't take a safe climate and make it dangerous. They took a dangerous climate and made it safe. And the same climate mastery that's made us 50 times safer from climate disaster can be applied to any future climate changes. So it's, it's very weird if we think, well, we've been using fossil fuels for 170 years. It's had certain climate impacts, but the next climate impact is going to be the apocalypse. Like I view that as primitive religious thinking, not real scientific thinking. OK, so, you know, the idea is 
You've got to do your own research. Do not listen to the mainstream narratives because you've got to understand that they've got their own ulterior motives. OK, when you look at these climate change activists and countries, you know, it is a way to raise money from the people for them. I know this is very basic, but to get richer and richer and richer and climate change what he and, and i'm not giving you my view i'm simply telling you what i see by watching what uh, alex is saying climate change appears that it isn't as bad as they're all making out now that's not me saying that because i don't understand it enough i haven't been deep enough down the rabbit hole this is what this guy is saying vinnie rondo welcome good to see uh, you in the house now he then goes on to say the esg narrative has done a heck of a lot of damage with misinformation and not talking about the true facts and using the massive companies to push that forward, to push the ESG narrative, the companies that simply just jumped on the bandwagon of this ESG narrative, he said, is just so wrong. Let's have a listen. So ESG is this this broad category that's saying, hey, we we and it really emerges a lot from the UN, like we know what are the right norms for environmental policies and social policies and governance policies. And in the realm of environment, it's basically get off fossil fuels, don't use nuclear, use solar and wind as quickly as possible. And for all the reasons we've been discussing, that's a terrible, terrible narrative because it's telling us to radically restrict the supply of 80% of the world's energy in a world that needs far more energy. So I regard this as a really immoral movement. That's one thing I've been saying for years, and it's good to see other people recognizing it. But there was a period for years where everyone was just saying, oh, ESG is the best. I'm ESG. I love ESG. All these CEOs were just parasitically adopting this terminology without thinking it Greta. through. And uh, I'm glad that stopped, but it should have stopped earlier because the ESG movement has done a lot of damage, including getting all of these companies to be political activists against fossil fuels, which using the smartest and wealthiest companies in the world to oppose the energy the world needs is really deadly. Using some of the biggest companies in the world to oppose this is awful in my opinion and there's a narrative they need to spin you've got to keep that in mind people that is so important so he then in this last segment goes on and says that bitcoin uh, by creating massive value in turn must use energy and he says that anything that creates value has got to use energy and it's understanding and in its basic form there's only so much energy OK, and that energy just moves around. We would not have what we have today without the use of energy. You know, I've got lights on here. You know, we've got vehicles that use energy. And it's like saying, well, you know, Bitcoin is bad because it uses energy. Well, what about the energy used for the hospitals, etc., and our police forces? Everything uses energy, but it doesn't mean it is bad. And yet all they want to do is paint this image of Bitcoin being bad. Let's listen to this last bit where he says anything of value must use energy, but we also need to be careful not to over-exaggerate what Bitcoin can do around this. He, he's talking about some evangelists that are going way off the Richter scale in terms of this, you know, and then all of, all of a sudden it becomes totally unbelievable. Let's listen. 
Bitcoin is always wrapped up in energy FUD. So I don't know, give us your thoughts. Can Bitcoin actually help alleviate some of these energy issues that we're facing on the on a global level? I mean, the main point, as I discussed Bitcoin primarily in chapter five of Fossil Future, which which talks in part about uh, the need for more energy in the world. So the way I think of Bitcoin primarily is this is an attempt to create a massive value and creating massive value involves energy. And so people should be proud of using energy to create value. If the Bitcoin community is right that proof of work is crucial to having a truly secure and free currency, then the, the main point is that it is good to use energy for that, just like it's good to have energy to run a hospital, just like it's good to use energy to enjoy yourself. So the primary thing should be we're doing something good and doing good things takes energy. And we're proud of that. Now, in terms of how can it, I think there are certain interesting applications, particularly things like, you know, gas, you might all otherwise what they call flare, you know, you could use to produce Bitcoin. There's some interesting applications, but I, I also think that some Bitcoiners vastly exaggerate how much sense Bitcoin makes for solar and wind. Uh, some people think like, oh, solar and wind are unreliable, but it's totally fine because we'll just use them to make Bitcoin whenever they're working. But you still have to pay for all the infrastructure when they're not working. So people don't usually do this. Similar with hydrogen, by the way. They're like, oh, we'll just make it with solar and wind. But do you really want your electrolyzer not to be used over a third of the time? So I would just caution people against making these opportunistic, dubious arguments that Bitcoin is going to somehow rescue all solar and wind and get to the core, which is Bitcoin is trying to improve by using energy. And that's fundamentally a good thing. OK, so the idea there is I've always said that once you go down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, it starts to pull you down other rabbit holes. And one of those rabbit holes for me is understand learning about and then understanding about these narratives, why they're there, who's to who stands to gain from these narratives. And, you know, the we know that Bitcoin, um, I mean, if I if I come at it from its basic term, we know recently that ExxonMobil, now everybody's heard of ExxonMobil, one of the biggest oil companies on planet Earth, you know, are now saying that they're going to use uh, Bitcoin to mine, to, to, to take their flared gas and stop venting it into the atmosphere to, to create all this CO2 and allow Bitcoin miners to use it in some basic form. I probably butchered that, but there's a case in point. And, you know, we are in this we are in this transition people where one person at a time one company at a time then one country at a time are gonna get this they're gonna have their aha moment and realize that bitcoin proof of work is great um and you know that is how the overall adoption of bitcoin grows over time so don't expect it to grow tomorrow don't look for the catalyst that's going to pump it tomorrow because we've seen the elon musk's tweeting and then buying one and a half billion of bitcoin and then it pumping and then it's settling that's not what we're after we're after these little milestones where people get their aha moments and realize that all this stuff, all these narratives, climate change, ESG, etc., they're all just bull. They're all BS. And literally, I just feel, it's just my own feeling, they feel they're losing control. They feel that this thing can't be stopped. They're starting to realizing it, it, realize it can't be stopped. So what do they do? They start to attack it 
to discredit it. And and I I got I got this feeling that in the future, not too far in the future, Bitcoiners that got in early and rode those waves of volatility and rode all the the the, the narratives that Bitcoin's a Ponzi scheme and it's going to zero and it's got no intrinsic value and bloody bloody as they say, you know, they'll say that they'll vilify us because we are the Bitcoiners that started to kill the planet, accelerate climate change, etc. And I'm telling you, it simply ain't true, none of it. But it's so important that you go and do your own research into this and don't listen to what I'm saying. Take what I'm saying as, whoa, maybe he's got some points here. And maybe because of what he said on that show, I should go and do some research and learn about this myself. That's what I want you to do. What I also want you to do is smash that like button if you haven't, because I've got more viewers than likes. I've got a, a number coming up on my window there. So if you haven't hit that like button, please do. If you're finding this channel for the first time now live or in the future, subscribe. There's a bell button next to it. Click all and you'll get notified when I go live every Monday, every Thursday, 6 p.m. UK time which is normally 1 p.m. EST or Eastern time in the US. Um, I think it's 10 a.m. Um, Western. But of course, then we've got the clock changes coming up. So there's a couple of weeks overlap where that might differ. But generally, through the year, you're going to find me if you're in the US at 1 p.m. and 10 a.m., depending on what side of the, that, the US you are. So let's go over and have a quick look at a few tweets. Um, I've only got a you what the heck just happened there that is me there we go um, i found this tweet i've only got a couple frankie boyle he's an uh, he's a scottish comedian but he speaks his mind and he said bankers are looting the world you're not in the middle of a recession you're in the middle of a robbery now think about that they are robbing the working class Everything they do takes asset prices up. The working class prices of goods, services, fuel, heating, etc. up. So those that hold assets get richer and those that go out and live paycheck to paycheck get poorer. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Get poorer because they don't have any assets. That is why I keep saying Bitcoin's an asset. Bitcoin is an asset that is going to go up over time, as more and more people, companies and countries find out about it, have their ha-ha moment and then adopt it. And whatever you've got now, you are front running the banks and the nation states. When they get their ha-ha moment, whatever you hold, they are going to push the value of your Bitcoin up if that's what you're in this for. Now, I'm in this for a great retirement but I'm in it for the bulk of it to give my descendants, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren a better life away from corrupt government. So, you know, he's making a valid point there. We are all being robbed blind. Ghost of Labrahodonaut said, Bitcoin is like aviation. People only pay attention when there's a crash. That's about right, isn't it? Still, Flying is the safest way to travel, just like Bitcoin is the best way to store your wealth through space and time. 
What an awesome tweet in terms of it's true, isn't it? You know, we all fly millions of flights all around the world, you know, safely. The minute there's a crash, everyone focuses in and they say things like, that's it, I'm not flying ever again, which is daft because millions and millions and millions and millions of flights take off and land safely. So on a percentage level, flying is one of the safest ways to get around. Same with Bitcoin. You know, you hear a narrative and people go, oh, 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 I'm not getting involved in that. That's a scam. And yet, as it says here, it is proving to be the best way to store your wealth over space and time. Move it anywhere on planet Earth. Go through an airport lounge with some numbers stored in your head. That's moving it across space and moving it across time as each generation you hold it gets passed down. It's got, the value is going to go up and up and up in fiat currencies. So the fiat currency is going to buy uh, the person less and less and less. And what you hold in Bitcoin is going to buy you more and more and more. And if you're new to all of this, let me give you a simple example of that. I had a guy on my show I interviewed last year, I believe it might have been the start of this year. I can't remember. Uh, Jay Gould from the US. He had a company that he sold for $33 million. He said that about five years ago, don't quote me, he built a house. And if he'd have paid for that in Bitcoin, it would have cost him, I think, 2,500 Bitcoin to build that house. Today, or when we did that, I think he said it was 55 Bitcoin. Something like that. I can't quite remember. That is Bitcoin giving you more and more purchasing power over time. That's what you need to get for what I'm trying to explain. And then Mike Alfred, um, I watched him the other day on a crypto um, uh, podcast. Um, I only watched it purely because Mike Alfred was on with the scammer Richard Hart. I shouldn't really say that. He's not a scammer, really, but I just don't want my channel to get taken down. But you draw your own conclusions. Richard Hart, anyway, founder of Hex, okay? And I wanted to see what debate went on. And they went at each other and they both had their valid their points. But, you know, here's the thing. I don't want to be involved in something where it's locked up for a year and you know Richard Hart's track record. I want to have my hard-earned um, money um, in something that nobody can take from me. There is no figurehead at the top that can make changes and change the protocol or freeze my Bitcoin or run off for my Bitcoin. I just went on to see what it was about. And he said, Mike Alfred, in March 2020, Bitcoin plunged to $3,800. A year later, it broke 60K. These traders get cute. Uh, with Bitcoin here. These traders getting cute with Bitcoin here want to look smart. But with any historical perspective, you can see how dumb it is to trade this asset. Get long and stay long. Some of the best traders in the world with insider information get totally wrecked trying to time where Bitcoin's going. So you got no chance if you're trying to trade this thing. So my advice, and I don't give financial advice, you saw the disclaimer, I would buy it, get it offline onto a hardware device. For me, I love the Trezor. And then literally stack more when you can and enjoy your life. And that is it. Don't try and play this thing. We've seen Bitcoin, you know, massive red candles down, massive red ca green candles up when we least expected it. So you think you're uh, better than these traders with the inside information. You're living in cloud cuckoo land. You really are. Don't bother trying. I found this great quote about salmon. 
They swim upstream because downstream is too mainstream. I love this picture of these salmon. There's another picture where you see a polar bear stood on the top and all the thing is doing, or a, a grizzly bear, is got his mouth open and the salmon are just jumping into it. What do I mean from this is go against the masses, people. When the masses are laughing at it, stack Bitcoin. There's another saying, Everybody is running when the building's on fire, but the people that make fortunes when the masses are running away from the fire, they go into the fire. Going into the fire is a metaphor for buying Bitcoin when the price is right down where it is right now and everybody's scared to death of it and you are buying more because you've done enough research to know where this thing is going over time. And that's the key here. When you just know where this is going, you will stack whatever you can when the price is low. Why? Because currently at 22.3, um, let me have a look what that's giving you. Uh, Satoshi is 4,484. When we started the show, it was over 4,500. So just by the price creeping up $100 or so, your sats you get goes down in value. So by buying it cheaper when Bitcoin's lower, you're getting more for your money, if that makes some kind of sense. So uh, as I've said, I am away on vacation with my lovely wife. So I will be here on Thursday with another show at 6pm London, providing all this tech works okay. But for now, I'm going to sign off. We're going to go enjoy our evening and I'm sure we're going to have a glass of something being away relaxing. So thanks for tuning in, people. Please retweet this Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you're listening on the podcast, which will be edited and uploaded a bit later on, thank you for listening, but please share me where you listen. I'd appreciate that one as well. I'm Brian, the UK Bitcoin master. This is your bullish Bitcoin channel, the alternative BBC that won't give you BS. It will give you honest Bitcoin content. I'm out of here. Have a great morning, afternoon or evening. And I will be back on Thursday. As always, I'll leave you with my social media links. Ciao for now, my Bitcoin friends.